0: Welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. It is Championship Week. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Stephen, how are you today?
1: Doing great. How about you?
0: I can't complain. I can't complain. It's uh, We're down to three three games left, man. That's it. Three games left. And uh, two of them are this Sunday. Two big ones. The, the AFC and the NFC Championship Games.
1: Yeah, know, i say those are pretty big games. And, <laughs> you know, this is one of those years where a um, whole lot of offense in the last four games, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, uh, really good quarterbacks, really high-powered offenses. And, you know, it, it, I think the for the fans, at least, this is going to be an amazing weekend because I just, you know, I just think these are going to be some exciting down to the wire games.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is like this is and like the two, the teams couldn't be really better matched up. I mean, you know, there's always not always, but sometimes it seems like you get like those fluky, you know, entrant or something. But I think these are really like you like these two teams are in, in two games rather in the four teams in the are really well matched with each other. You know what I mean? I man i think yeah. it should really be like good for you know the the each each team to make a really good game
1: yeah uh, you know um i think you could have had that with the other teams that were involved last weekend too but i mean you, you just can't beat you know matt ryan against uh, Aaron Rodgers, especially the way the Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, he he's just permanently on, he's on fire mode right now. And and then on the other side, you got Tom Brady and uh, uh, Big Ben. You know that this just sets up for a classic matchup um, all across the board, and and, and you know and. I'm not one of those people who believes in quarterback wins as a stat. I don't give a damn you <laughs> that they have actually made it a stat now. I think they're wrong. But at the same time, these four quarterbacks have won a lot of football games. Uh, uh, all of them except one has even won a Super Bowl. So um, it's it just, you know, this is one of those that kind of will come down on quarterback play and and, and you know, it, it'll be interesting to see who ends up on top.
0: Yeah, it really will. Um, you know, going back, talk about good games. You go back to the, the games this week, and I thought they were, you know, I mean, obviously the Packers-Cowboys one had the kind of, like, nail-biting excitement that you really like to see in a game with sort of the last late comebacks and last-minute, um, you know, the last-minute game-saving throw from Aaron Rodgers and, and that sort of and, – and, and all that drama that really makes the game fun, but I thought the other games were pretty good too. I mean, you know, uh, even Patriots Texans was a little more was a little bit better than I thought it would be.
1: For yeah, a little part bit of it, that defense, <laughs> yeah, that defense is played so well; they kept them in it for a, much longer than they deserved to be in the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, quite honestly, with the way that Brock—I mean, Brock Osweiler—come on, and then you know he finally makes a throw, and, and rookie Will Fuller. Everybody got on me because I was talking about his hands. Hey, man, I, I don't have anything personal against Will Fuller. I hope that at some point he overcomes, you know, the, his problems with drops. Yeah. It's not, you know, uh, to me, it's not a, a, a something that he can't fix. It's, it's normally the position of his hands. Now, that particular catch is a different deal. You know, you got to kind of catch it uh, you know, uh, over your shoulder. Yeah. Satchel page style. Um, but, you know. Still, you got to have that play. You know, you, you 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 get that touchdown, and you're right back in the middle of the game. I think mm-hmm. they would have been down like eight points. Um, so, and, and your quarterback is fucking Brock Osweiler, and he's terrible. <laughs> so when he finally makes a fucking throw, you have got to make a fucking catch. That's just how that goes. So, uh, you know, it was a lot closer, like, like, like you said, than, than most of us thought it would be. That defense was just playing out of control. Just imagine that nasty defense with JJ uh, uh, Watt back next next year if they can all stay Oof. healthy. I mean, that's just they, they they have a lot to feel good about about except for uh, the quarterback position. So uh, yeah, I mean, they made the Patriots earn that 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 win, and they made Tom Brady look pretty average. As a matter of fact, nobody's really talking about that because we don't talk bad about Tom Brady. But, you know, for a lot of that game, he was looking pretty horrible.
0: Yeah, and that's always – and we've seen that before. I mean, that's kind of the recipe to beat Tom Brady. I mean, obviously it's easier said than done, but, you know, you get after him, you hit him a little bit, and you you throw him off. I mean, what was he – what was the final official count? He was hit eight times, I think, in that game?
1: Something like that. I I, I know the one from Clowney stands out. Yeah. uh, Because it was so fast, you know, like he hadn't even had time to sit up real good. And here comes Clowney like a damn Mack truck. Bam! <laughs> so, you know, and, and Whitney Mercy was on his ass all night, too. Yeah. So, um, he, he felt it that night. He threw even threw, uh, what, two interceptions, I think? Yeah. One or two. And uh, definitely not like a Tom break yesterday. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that was right. He thrown, like, three the whole regular season or something. And he threw, like, two um, that night. So, you know, it was a very un-Tom Brady-esque uh, outing. And a lot of that was it – w- it wasn't like he was just having an off game. The 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 uh, Texans forced him into a lot of those bad plays. So, um, if they just had any kind of offense that could have helped them, um, we might have seen a different team representing the AFC uh, – well, trying to represent the AFC uh, this weekend. But they have Brock Osweiler. <laughs>
0: There were even some people in that game I noticed you know, on the the great repository of wisdom that is twitter.com during the game some people wondering if O'Brien was was uh had left him in there to kind of stick it to or not not stick it to but you know to to make a point to his bosses but i thought that was probably a little i can't imagine O'Brien wouldn't have replaced him if he felt that Tom Savage could have gotten the job done, too.
1: Right. I mean, look, Tom Savage played better than Brock Osweiler. Shit, that's a low bar, okay? It's not like he went in there and set the world on fire. Yeah. I don't think he actually threw a touchdown out of all that. Oh, he played great. I don't think he even threw a touchdown the whole time he was playing. (laughs) And then he turned around and got hurt right away.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I'm sorry, but availability is a big thing when it comes to, you know, trusting a guy. In a big moment, yeah. Uh, stick in there, and then you get hurt again for what? And, and again, as bad as as Brock Osweiler played all night, he did make some throws, and guys didn't really help him out. You know, the uh, Fedora uh almost touchdown play. I mean, Fedora normally catches that one. Yeah. So uh, I mean, he made some nice throws, some nicer throws than. We've seen from him in a long time. He still did some other things terrible. And I think he threw an interception as well. But um, on a day when that defense was, was almost made Tom Brady look like Brock Osweiler, um, you know, he had opportunities to win the game. So I thought any talk of, of pulling him for uh, uh, the other kid was was stupid anyway. I mean, look, if, if he'd have started Tom Savage this week, I'd have went with that too. I don't think that, you know, either one of those guys are are much better than the other. So it's not like you get, you know, Romo on the bench and you're going to Romo. You're going to Tom Savage. The fuck <laughs> okay.
0: Tom Savage, the hero of draft Twitter.
1: <laughs> Still.
0: Still. <laughs> hey, you never you never let a good take die, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> just haven't had a chance yet.
0: <laughs> never too late for takes. Yeah, well, and you know what? And it, it was kind of funny too, because like during the game it was like this big like, hey, they might cover, they might cover, they might cover, and then no, they didn't cover the 16 point spread. <laughs>
1: right. I mean, right. Like,
0: cover to cover, a 16 point spread would have been sort of a coup in and of itself.
1: Yeah, especially during the playoffs. I mean, just that that would have been pretty special. So,
0: <laughs> well, hopefully uh, nobody lost any money on the Texans this week. Because if you bet money on the Texans, that's me slapping you upside the head. <laughs> Brock Osweiler and the Texan. But well, I feel like Whitney Merciless is a really interesting guy because like he just doesn't like between Watt and Clowney there's only enough there's only so much oxygen to talk about that Houston defense. But he's just he's balling out this year too, man.
1: Yeah. And, and he balled last year. You know, I written. I, I him. Yeah. He, he made Hoss of the Week one week and I, and I wrote in there Yeah, we got like he must hate Clowney's fucking guts because <laughs> Every single time Clowney got hurt last year, Whitney uh, Merciless would end up with a three-sack game. He ended up with, like, 12 sacks or something like that by the end of the season. But it was because he had, like, three games where he had three sacks. And every single time, you know, it was when Clowney was out. And then Clowney comes back, and he's still playing. Like, (laughs) in front of Merciless. Like, he's still getting more playing time, still getting more attention. Everybody's talking about... uh, Clowney, and, and Mercy's got 12 sacks, so I just, like, the fouls might have been like, okay, for real. I mean, <laughs> yeah, do I have on an invisibility cloak or some <laughs> shit? What is going on here? Okay, I know, I know y'all like this kid, and he's pretty good, too, but you know, I'm doing my thing. He definitely uh, did his thing in the playoffs, too. Uh, he He played well in the first round as well. So I think he had two sacks that game against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So he definitely was was balling all playoffs and all and all year.
0: So I, I guess I want to come back to this then with the Patriots. And, and so, since we were talking about that game, did they like their defense is good, but it's it's it seems to be a little bit more anonymous than than some of the other ones. Oh um.
1: uh, yeah, they, they you know they kind of got rid of some of their bigger name guys. Yeah. Collins or what have you during the season um, and then they had sat down uh, number 93 for a while but I saw he was back playing the other day but they just played so well as a unit and, yeah you know Bill Belichick is a situational football guru like he's a legit guru he's not like the guy people call a guru and yeah. that guy really sucks he, he, he legit can change his defense for each opponent that they play yeah and so when you have tailor-made game plans like that. It's much harder for teams to have success because you're used to a team doing this certain thing against this certain look. And then all of a sudden the Patriots aren't doing that because they tailor-made their game plan just for you. Yeah. So, you know, you're expecting all these different things and then they spring other stuff on you and it's hard to prepare for that. So, you have that, you have the scheme, and then you have the players. They they do have some pretty good players. They brought in some guys from other teams that were kind of, um, you know, bit players. The, the linebacker uh, out of BYU, who was with the Lions at first, I can't remember his name right now. Um, but he he comes in there and he's starting. Well, I don't know if he was starting, but he was playing right away as the inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of, you know, get this guy, get that guy. Um, they got the guy from uh, the Rams, also the defensive Chris long. end. Chris long. He's playing well. So they're all just playing well together. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't really have that one standard. I thought uh, Malcolm Brown, the, the defensive tackle, had an outstanding game. But, you know, he, he had a sack and, and, and quite a few tackles, but it wasn't like the splashy variety. So you, you might have missed it. Like you might have watched the game and didn't even really notice. But he was balling, just you know, doing his thing. So, uh, you know, I don't think they have a bunch of flashy guys out there, uh, but they just get the job done as a, you know, as a unit together. You don't really see many busts or anything like that.
0: Yeah. How did that? How does this defense? I mean, because obviously they're going to have their hands full with Pittsburgh because that's not. You know, it's a pretty multifaceted offense. I mean, do they, do you focus on Le'Veon Bell? I mean, you go, like, I always go back to that. Obviously, it's burned into my memory, but like the oh, the 2001 Super Bowl where the Patriots uh, beat the Rams and they just, you know, they really keyed in on Marshall Falk and really just, like, you know, made a point of it just to kind of beat the hell out of him all game. Is that, do they do something similar with Le'Veon Bell this week?
1: Well, I don't think you can simply because, you know, if you do that to him, then Antonio Brown is going to eat you alive. Yeah. Because you got to kind of pick your poison. Uh, What I think is they'll try to limit both guys at the same time. I think that uh, if they have their druthers, uh, the Steelers will have to beat them with, um, you know, the lesser known people. Uh, Jesse James, their tight end, is going to have to make some big plays. Uh, I think uh, number 17, uh, you know, the little slot guy, Apple, I think his name is, he's going to have to make some plays, but they're going to do their best to limit Le'Veon and and Antonio Brown. They won't be able to double both guys at the same time, obviously, but I think they're going to probably try to stack the box and then still find a way uh, to give some extra attention to Antonio Brown. So that, you know, again, that may leave some other guys a little bit, more open to to make plays. And if a guy like Ladarius Green is playing, he might be an X factor in this game. But Jesse James has been playing well, too. Yeah. So he he can make some plays downfield. I just think, like I said, the way that that Belichick goes about game planning for different teams, I think they're going to do their best to try to take away both um, Antonio Brown and and Le'Veon Bell and force other guys to make plays. Mm -hmm.
0: I thought it was interesting last week because, you know, Like, on the stat sheet, I mean, Bell obviously had a huge game, 170 yards. And then Brown, nothing to sneeze at either with 108 yards. But, you know, they never actually got into the end zone against Kansas City. They didn't need to. But, you know, that was just sort of, I mean, that they kept those guys out of the end zone when they produced like that.
1: I mean, if they had, then at least it wouldn't have been a nail bite right down to the end. So um, you always would rather score touchdowns. I think that um, some of that was, you know, the the Steelers just kind of getting a little too cute at times. Yeah. And for me, I could literally run the ball three times as soon as I get in the red zone with, with Le'Veon Bell. I wouldn't, you know, you know, tighten up everything. I would, I would keep everything spread out, but I, I would definitely run him more often than not three times in the red zone, I would score probably a lot more touchdowns than kick field goal. But it's the Steelers, and so sometimes they make simple stuff hard and they get a little too cute at times. So and and the Chiefs made play. Yeah. Um, you know, the 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 run pass option play and and ends up being an interception. That's one of those times where that definitely should have been a touchdown drive. But they got a little too cute, and and, and ball gets popped up, um, and uh, Eric Berry catches the interception in the end zone. Yeah. So, um, you know, <clears throat> to beat the Patriots, they can't have any of that cute shit. <laughs> they got to score touchdowns. I mean, look, Tom Brady has got that one bad game out of his system, and he was still able to win the game you probably won't see that Tom Brady again for the rest of the playoffs, no matter how far they go. Yeah. So you better understand that, you know, this week, if you get in the red zone, your ass better be scoring touchdowns rather than kicking field goals if you're the Steelers.
0: Yeah. What was that, the first the first playoff game where a team had scored two touchdowns and lost? Two Scored two <laughs> touchdowns, held the opponent to no touchdowns, and actually still lost the game. Man, if that doesn't sum up the damn Chiefs in one sentence,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I thought they had opportunities. I, I really did. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kelsey was dropping shit he, he don't normally drop, and yeah. then he getting stupid ass penalties. So I don't know. They were out of whack.
0: Yeah, and and like you said, that the Fisher holding penalty wasn't really. I mean you know, in the perfect world, you just let them play in that situation. But they called it, and it counted, so you can't, you know, you can't.
1: Right, what can that. you do? Yeah. It was a hole. That, that, that's what you got to start off with, the fact that it was a hole. It yeah. was definitely a hole. It's just, you know, whether you're going to call it in that situation or not, and I agree with you, in that situation, When you hardly ever call, people hardly ever call anything on two-point plays. I've been saying this for years. Like, you hardly ever, like, offensive linemen hold their asses off on two-point plays, pick plays, teams run pick plays, because they know those refs normally aren't going to call anything on those plays. And, you know, so it it happened, but, you know, certainly with everything that was on the line on, on their play and, uh, just the situation itself. I don't think it changed the outcome of the play. Yeah, that's probably my most compelling reason why I think they should let it ride. If 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 because you know basically James Harrison slipped, his foot slipped out of the ground, and then you know if if the guy doesn't have a handful of jersey, he doesn't grab him right there. Then that's not a hole. <clears throat> if he just lets them fall or or. If James Harrison never slips, if he just keeps running, he's gonna run at you know by the quarterback's depth. He's not gonna get a chance to 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 actually get to the quarterback yeah. not before he can make that pass. So, but it it happened, and you know you can't really complain about it because once again, it was a hole.
0: Yeah, <laughs> man, James Harrison. I I'm a, I think I'm gonna start working out in a sweatsuit. God,
1: there's just what other, like, it's it must be magic or something. That guy's a mutant. I, I don't think <laughs> or anything else will help. And, and really, you know, <laughs> as some jackass already sent me an email claiming, oh, I can tell you why he did it. He's got HGH. Listen.
0: Oh, my God.
1: All the HGH in the fucking world ain't going to get you to where James Harrison is. I promise <laughs> you. Because he, he doesn't look any different from how he used to look. I mean, this dude is just a menace. Yeah. You know, he—he, he, you can be as big and strong as you fucking want to. This ain't about that, really. This is about just a dude that knows how to play football. Yeah. Okay? Really and truly, that knows how to play football and just gives it everything he's got every play. Yeah, you know, being able to bench all that, whatever, helps, I'm sure. But when you look at his technique on, on, on the sack, you know, his pass rush, when you watch him drop in the coverage, you know, jam somebody, then come back and, and run through the B-gap and chase the quarterback down on the other side of the field near the sideline, yeah. that ain't got shit to do with, with steroids or HGH. This <laughs> has got something to do with the guy being a mutant and having a motor that's out of this world. So, you know, you, you just got to tip your hat to the guy because, you know, he has some rare ability, uh, you know, to be able to do all this at his age. It's just, you know, he just he's a unicorn.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the other thing that stands out to me is like you can see how much passion this guy has to be playing. You know what I mean? Like, you don't. Like running down those plays, like like that, like the couple plays that you you even highlighted in Haas this week, with you know where he's running down, you know from the, going from coverage over to the clear over backfield and the other sideline to chase down Alex Smith, <laughs> man. It's like, whoo! I mean that guy, like that is, like that's hype. I mean that's you know that's somebody that wants to come out and win some games. That's going to be interesting to watch this week against the Patriots.
1: And it's somebody that like everybody knows he's playing like that. You know, like the 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 throw that Alex Smith doesn't make um, to Tyreek Hill when Tyreek Hill is wide open. Uh so many people don't really understand that uh Alex Smith took off because he saw James Harrison coming. Mm-hmm. Like, there was nobody to block him. And James Harrison's coming through the B-gap. It's not that Alex Smith was like, you know, I, I don't want to throw this touchdown, this long touchdown, and this is a one game. Or that he was like, I- I'm Alex Smith, and I don't understand, you know, moving around the pocket. No, this dude saw a living, breathing nightmare bearing down on him, <laughs> going 100 miles an hour. And he said, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm getting out of here. And I can't blame him. I mean, if you saw James Harris run a full speed at you, what in the hell would you do? <laughs> Let's be real here. So, I mean, the, 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 that's the, the other thing. You know, I talked about the one play with, with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, we talk about his, his, his ability as a pass catcher and catching touchdowns and doing the dances and all that. But he's a very good blocker as well. Yeah. Pretty physical. I promise you, you look on film, and it looks like he's scared of James Harrison. He's running at James Harrison for a kickout block, and it looks like he said, you know what, to hell with this, <laughs> in the middle of the play. And did not touch James Harrison, and James Harrison, coincidentally or not, ends up making a tackle for loss on the play. Like, that, 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 that again... He ain't running at James Harrison thinking this guy is thirty eight years old. He's running at James Harrison like this dude is gonna just mess my whole world up right now. Uh, at thirty eight years old, you inspire that kind of fear in the people. Man, it's crazy.
0: Thirty eight years old, he's one of the best. you one of the best pass rushers on the field, still playing right now.
1: It, it really is. Might be the. Let me see before I start talking.
0: I guess you got Beasley.
1: Nah, listen for to get a sack. James Harrison has had a sack in five straight playoff games. If I'm betting on a guy to get a sack for in, in this weekend, yeah, it's gonna be James Harrison, hands down.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I Julius Peppers, you know, but Julius Peppers isn't playing like. James Harrison's playing right now. Julius is playing great for his age. He's not playing like James Harrison is playing at his age, though. Yeah. He really, I mean, but shit, who the hell had
0: ever? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's pretty rare to see a 38-year-old player in the NFL at any position, much yeah, less one anything. that's doing that. Right.
1: You know, usually they, they just barely holding on. Okay. No, this guy is running through walls like he's – 25 years old.
0: That's kind of, like, you think about that. That's going to be James Harrison 38 versus Tom Brady 39 now.
1: Man, listen, he better hope he don't see James Harrison.
0: <laughs> he might not see 40.
1: <laughs> listen, for real. Look, it, it, look whatever you got to do, that's one guy you make sure he don't touch Tom Brady. Because Tom Brady just got lit up last week. He can't oh, take yeah. too many goals. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, he can't take the the kind of abuse this week he took last week. It'll start, you know. That adds up pretty quick at for a thirty nine year old quarterback. I mean,
1: absolutely. And you know, James Harrison, if he get a shot, woo!
0: Oh yeah, he
1: he's, <laughs> he might he might take fifteen for that one. <laughs> he might get him a 15 yarder if he you know. He see the opportunity. I'm
0: just saying he could come out and say, "I did what Goodell never could." Hey, <laughs> I noticed Goodell's going to be going to the NFC Championship game in Atlanta this week, not as opposed to the one in New England. So, side note, interesting side note. <laughs> um. Okay, so NFC shift over to the NFC. Um. Pretty impressive game from the Falcons, I thought.
1: Indeed. Um, you know, uh, they had a few lapses in, in, in the second half and, and almost kind of let the Seahawks back in it. But then, you know, <laughs> they, they get out the runs and he throws the interception, so, uh But, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do, basically. At home, they were the better team. Yeah, We knew it. The Seahawks we just weren't the same team without Earl Thomas. Uh, They haven't been playing that great. They got a dumpster dumpster fire in front of um, Russell Wilson, their offensive line. And so uh, (laughs) the Falcons did what they were supposed to. They went out there and um, exploited their secondary uh, quite a bit and just did whatever they wanted to on offense and their defense. Uh, got after uh, Brooks Reed, man, he he was also in in strong uh, contention for Hoss this week. They got you know, he, I think he technically starts, but basically he usually comes out of the game when Big Be- Beasley comes into the, to the game, which mm-hmm. makes sense because Beasley has 14 and a half sacks and, and led, to, led the league in sacks. But Brooks Reed can get after it too. And man, he was just, he was out there making a lot of plays. And so, uh, you know, if you get him going and you already got Beasley going and, and, and uh, you got, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh From the
0: coach,
1: White Freeney. Freeney. On the other side, if you can get all those guys in at the same time this week against the Packers, that's exactly what the fuck I would do. Falcons fans or Falcons coaches, if you listen to this, find a way to get Brooks Reed in there with those other two guys because you're going to need him, you know, on on third and long. You're going to need somebody in there to get after uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. And and just the way – Brook Rogers is uh, Brooks Reed is playing right now. He de- he definitely could get after
0: it. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and if if the Packers don't have their shit wired pretty tight, they're going to see his Leonard Skinner mullet coming up the field after Aaron Rodgers on that. Did you notice how like when that those for that s- series or two where Bactari was out of the game, how different the Packers looked?
1: Oh yeah, because he's he's really really good. It, it's kind of amazing. I guess, you know, there's other guys with bigger names like, uh, you know, left tackle with the Cowboys.
0: uh, Tyrone
1: Smith. Tyrone Smith. Tyrone Smith. But, all right, man, every time I watch people go against them, they have a hell of a time. Yeah. Like And usually, you know, when you have the better pass rushers, they they might not win a a rush, but, you know, you can see where they were going with, you know, like maybe they're just a little bit too deep or something like that. No, with Bakhtiari, right, you see guys get shut down. You see guys yeah. like end up just kind of stuck in the middle of him and can't go anywhere. So when you lose somebody like that, it, it's going to have a huge effect on the rest of the offense.
0: Yeah, that's a really good pass. I mean, I know the Cowboys' OL's gotten all the talk this season, but that Packers' defensive offensive line is is really pretty outstanding when it comes to pass blocking. <laughs>
1: It is, and uh, obviously they have to be with Aaron Rodgers running around back there sometimes. But um, you know, they have done a, a great job, especially these last two weeks. When you talk about uh, the Giants, uh, really not getting to 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 Aaron Rodgers all that much, and then last week, you know, the Cowboys already had some 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 issues with. Uh, Pass rush or what have you, but Aaron Rodgers is basically just breaking contain whenever he wanted to.
0: Yeah,
1: and a lot of that also had to do with with uh, the offensive line. That last play, um, the only way that uh, Aaron Rodgers basically gets that playoff is th- they have the offensive line set up to help him get out of the pocket that time. Um, and so you know they did their job ex- extremely well, and and they are going to be a key this week again. Like I said, you know they're going to have to protect uh, Aaron Rodgers because if I had to estimate, I'd say the front seven guys are, are a little bit bigger strength on this Falcons defense. I think that you give Aaron Rodgers time and right now, you know, it doesn't really matter much. You give him time, he, he'll light anybody on fire. Mm-hmm. But especially, I just think that um, against that Falcon secondary, he can definitely uh, um, just light them up, torch them if the Falcons aren't able to get uh, – to him up front so that'll be the huge matchup this week to me with two teams that can just score at will will the falcons be able to actually get pressure on aaron Rodgers and and affect his ability to throw the ball down the field
0: you think that's what it'll come down to
1: i do absolutely do i I don't think the falcons can win this game without getting any sacks and not just pressure and what have you because we all know that that, the you know, Aaron Rodgers run around for 15 minutes and then oh, throw the ball yeah. away, come back the next <laughs> play and hit your ass for a 70 yard touchdown. Yeah. You can get them on the ground, make them lose, uh, uh, get behind the sticks and stuff like that. I, I, I don't think the Falcons can win without getting some sacks.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You can, like, I, I think there were times this week, in the same way last week against the Giants, you could go back. I mean, you could go make a sandwich between the time that the ball gets snapped and Aaron Rodgers throws it. I mean, it was just. Like, he literally had all damn day in the pocket
1: on some of those throws. Yep, and you just can't do that, you know. Well, you can do it, and, and, like, you know, beginning of the Giants game, he wasn't quite on right, right. right then, if you recall. He, he was a little off. But once he catches fire, you better change game plans fast because then, at that point, uh-uh, you, you got to get pressure on him. Once he gets on, what, you know, if you let him get in the rhythm, and now he's got his touch. Your ass is great if you can't get to
0: him. Yeah. Oh, And the receivers did much better. Had a, had maybe their best game of the season last week, too. I mean, there were not really, like, I mean, in the second half there were a couple, but, and I don't know that you would call them drops in the same sense that, you know, you see a, like a real boneheaded drop or anything. But, like, you know, they were really, like, those first two quarters for sure, I mean, they caught everything that came their way yep and they really like i mean i was kind of surprised that they didn't put up they didn't have a little bigger lead even than they did when all the romo takes started coming out (laughs) 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 i thought by the i thought by halftime people like there's no way everyone's gonna have their romo hot takes used up it's it's done
1: I mean, they, they weren't pacing themselves at all. <laughs> they came right out to shoot. Get yeah, promo in there. Shit, has been one play and that was a run. What are you doing? What are you talking about? He just handed the football off. What, why are you mad? But well, we like, what?
0: But he came out and shut it down in that second half, though, you got to say.
1: He did. He played well. Oh, shit. man. He played great. That's, I mean, <laughs> the rookie? thing of it is, um, the thing is, we're going to talk about that that the last package drive forever. Yeah, but but the kid led them down to 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 tie the game at home. You know, in a playoff game, their first you know playoff game in a couple of years, almost let them down and put them in a position to at least go to overtime.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Uh, and made and made some big throws on that drive. Yeah, and, and only left them with about thirty eight seconds of now. You know, of course probably would have been less than that had he not spiked the football. But that's, that's the, you know, that's what they went with. That was yeah. the strategy they went with. Um, So, it, it, I mean, about as well as you can play. It's how he played and not just for a rookie. I mean, that was good play for a veteran quarterback. Yeah. When you look at some of those throws, throw to throw to Dez, I mean, just right on the money. Yeah. Um, and, and, and and some that were dropped. So, uh, you know. And people are going to say what they're going to say. <laughs> uh, one, I'm not sure uh, Tony Romo would have made it through the whole game and neither are you, so whatever. <laughs> and second, I mean, the kid played his ass off. He just got out-dueled by a dude that, you know, r- right now, you can't you, – <laughs> I, I, I I don't even have words for what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that last pass was just – it it, it, it Shit! It defied the law of physics. All it's
0: amazing.
1: And so I mean, everything about it, just what he's doing. Unless Tony Romo was going to play defensive back, you know, I don't see how he would have made much difference.
0: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this thing with Rogers the other day, and. And, like, it's kind of like like when the Seahawks' defense was really, like, everybody was healthy. Obviously, it wasn't really the case this year because they lose Earl Thomas early on and Richard Sherman's dealing with injuries. And, but you go back a few years ago, and the one that really stands out to me is sort of the classic example of it is that NFC championship game a few years back against the Niners with, you know, Richard Sherman. Uh, the play on Crabtree where they deflect the pass and intercept it. I mean, and the scream heard around the world sort of the. The most famous scream since Howard Dean, um, in the in the post game, but uh, it's like that defense was always built. You you play though they would play those close games, and then that defense could come out and make turnovers and, and like just design plays, like design defensive plays like that to give them a shot to get back in the game or to come back and win it like late in the fourth quarter. And they did that a lot if you go back and look. But the Packers like. With Aaron Rodgers, the way he's playing right now, it's almost sort of the same thing. It's just like if, you're, if you've if you got a three-point lead and 60 seconds left to play against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, you're you're not at all safe. I mean, not in the least bit safe. It's, you're riding a motorcycle without a helmet. I mean, it's just like you're asking for trouble because that's just the way they're playing right now.
1: Most people are going to take a lead. Yeah. With 38 seconds. Right. I'm almost 100 percent positive the Texans would have taken the knee, either taken the knee or or ran a draw. Oh yeah. On the first play. Um in that situation. But immediately when I saw how much time they had left, I was like, the Cowboys better not relax right now. Uh -uh. And they made the damn play on third and twenty. Yeah. Third and (laughs) twenty. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think we've talked about how absurd that is. <laughs> a because thirty-six yard so throw. You focus so much on the catch, and you, you don't even really, you know, come back and think about the fact that you know he could have thrown a ten-yard pass, and they wouldn't have had the opportunity to kick the, the the field goal. Yeah, it had to be that far on third and twenty.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. and 20.
1: I mean, it's just amazing.
0: And how like and just and the team, I mean, how many of the teams in this league would have just like thrown it short of the sticks and then even just tried for the long field goal in that situation?
1: Right, the six-yard field goal or <laughs> some shit. So this dude rolled left and threw on the sideline, just
0: amazing throw. And you go I back mean, to it on that drive where he gets sacked. Like, he holds on. Like, if you look at that, and I was, you know, making the gifs and stuff like that the other day. And, like, he, the way he holds on, I mean, like, it's probably a miracle. or not a miracle, but, like, it's probably a testament to his ability that he holds on to the ball in that situation. Or maybe that the Cowboys' safety doesn't just, you know, play for the sack as much as he should have in that situation. But, I mean, he immediately, like, immediately, as soon as he's down... He pops up and calls for that timeout. And that really, I mean, that probably saves enough time to make that last throw to Cook and then the kick. Yep. I mean, that's just some, like, that's not impressive because it's not a highlight or anything like that. And it's not yards or, and it's, as far as sacks go, it's, you know, it's it's not any, you know, a particularly special sack. But, man, like, that, the ability to do that and know that, you know, just to have the game at that point in your head, that's just, I mean, that's, you know, that's, I mean, talk about a mutant. (laughs) I mean,
1: he might. Yeah, it was funny. I said at the the time that Jeff, he should have chopped at the ball. Yeah. Like there's a hundred percent chance of the ball coming out if he chops at it there with any kind of force. But when I went back and looked at the play, like it's amazing still that, uh, even without him chopping the ball, that the force of that hit did knock the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. You can see he, him grip the football with one hand. Like, it almost came out. Yeah, oh, yeah. But this dude absorbed the blow that he didn't know was coming and somehow immediately thought, grip this football for dear life. And you can see, like, just death grip yeah. <laughs> on the ball. And it doesn't somehow it doesn't come out. Uh, you know, again, if that happens, the game is over. Yeah. Maybe. Because that fumble might be, put the ball close enough for, for the Cowboys to attempt to kick. Mm-hmm. But instead, <laughs> he gets up and, like I said, just, he throws the craziest, you know, pass ever and, and gets, them, gets them to win. And just so.
0: cool hand Luke, man. <laughs> I'm <not> just. A- <laughs> I I like I saw that play and like you couldn't tell just because the the way the broadcast angle was you couldn't tell right off the bat if Cook I mean I just kind of went with it because they called him out of bounds the two refs called him out of bounds you just went with it it's like ah that's it it's over or it's going to overtime at least and and then the other one ran in and called it you know what I mean they called it and then they reviewed it and holy shit and then they used then they showed the replay just like unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, still to this day, I mean, I think that's even more impressive than the Hail Mary through last week against the Giants. I guess just because of the situation you're in, too. but Which the Hail Mary is another good example of a, another place where a lot of teams probably would have just called a timeout there or taken a knee and gone into the locker room at the half. But you, yeah. don't, have, you don't have to do that when you got Aaron Rodgers who could make a play like that against all odds. That's pretty amazing. I know you wonder, like, that sets it up to me, but, like, this NFC Championship game, like, I wonder if we see the same sort of dramatics. I don't, I don't know if my heart can take it, to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> Look, it's just a good thing my teams aren't in anymore. So <laughs> I
0: well, I never have to worry about that, so. <laughs> <it's-> Who knows? <laughs>
1: you got the young guy to turn it around now.
0: That's right. That's right. We got the, and the COO is bound and determined to, to take it. The fran- it's more than a football franchise to him, it's a content company.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So, I can't wait to see Rams' Facebook post. Todd Gurley got the handoff. You'll never believe what happened next. Yeah, I will. He ran three <laughs> yards and got tackled. <laughs> Content Company. Well, I'm glad we have uh, the teams we have in the, the playoffs still because if you are in the content-making business, you really couldn't have asked for uh, two better games this week. Although, I will miss Romo. I guess we'll have to wait a few weeks till the offseason until we get our Romo takes back.
1: Oh, yeah. They'll be in four round. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Free agency. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, this these games, somebody's gonna have a hot take in both oh, of these yeah. games. Oh, always. So always. we'll see. Because um, you know, just as much as we're pumping up Aaron Rodgers, there's some editor out there just waiting for him to oh, yeah. slip up so they can, you know, they can hit him. <sighs> You know, family problems finally catch up with Aaron Rodgers. He ought to talk to his dad. You know, somebody, somebody out there already has it warmed up and ready to go.
0: Oh, yeah. If they go to the Super Bowl, it'll be a week of, is Aaron Rodgers going to talk to his dad this week? Or is Aaron Rodgers distracted by it because Olivia Munn was in uh, the X-Men Apocalypse Saga. And the X-Men Apocalypse Saga isn't really true to the Chris, Chris Claremont version of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that ought to be interesting. Hey, okay, so here's one little thing, too. And Now, we haven't talked a lot about the, the coaching stuff on the show, but I think this is probably one that's interesting because it could impact... Probably doesn't impact the Falcons game this week, but if Kyle Shanahan takes that... 49ers head coaching job which it sounds like he's going to that kind of that sets up a little bit of an interesting situation in atlanta because they've really had what two seasons with him now and you really see the difference that that's made there this season now obviously they have incredibly talented players to run that offense which always helps
1: i'm hoping he leaves so um raheem morris who's in his first year <laughs> coaching wide receivers, gets named the offense coordinator. Like, I I just – it's not so much I think he'll do it. I just think, why the hell not?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the guy coached defensive backs and defense his whole career. This year you switch him to offense and wide receivers. His wide receivers have done a hell of a job. Oh, yeah. And so why the hell not?
0: Yeah.
1: You've been a head coach.
0: Let's see. And you get you've got continuity. I mean, it's he's been there. He's been a part of that. It's not like he's going to come in and say, "No, I'm going to run this offense instead."
1: Yep. Yep, that's what that's that's what I'm pulling for, chaos.
0: <laughs> my other my other question with the Kyle Shanahan thing is is like, are you that desperate? Are you sure that you want a head coaching job bad enough to take the one in San Francisco?
1: Listen. The one but a couple of years ago, we were talking about how much this guy is terrible. And don't get me wrong, and key points in the game, he still can have you kind of like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. So he better go ahead and take a job when he got one in hand because he fuck around and come back next year, and then all of a sudden everything ain't looking quite as good. All of a sudden the shine comes off of you a little bit. No, you you strike when the iron is hot. Yeah. Somebody want to give you a job, a job that's going to pay you millions of dollars as a head coach. You don't say no to that. Make them fire. You. <laughs> Make them fire. You. <laughs> oh. You'll always have NFL head coach on your resume, just like Jim Tim Sula. <laughs>
0: Who seems to me, no, like, at what point are we going to see Jim Tumsula back in the league?
1: Shit, not to that, that money run out, and I ain't mad at him. Oh, no, he's you guaranteed.
0: can't be. You can't be. No, and especially no. when he's taking it from a guy like Jed, and checks from a guy like Jed York.
1: Hey, me.
0: <laughs> oh, man, it ought to be interesting. Well, Stephen, that is a pretty good show, I think a show adequate enough for some pretty good games this week and no games on Saturday we got uh, draft season starting to ramp up this Saturday with what is it a Shrine and East-West game I think
1: yeah I know the. Sh- I think the Shrine game is actually down this way yeah uh, uh, yeah we got some some good uh, all-star football and some good playoff football coming up
0: and that's all I know about the Shrine game and East-West game I haven't had a minute to even kind of look at the rosters for those two games.
1: Yeah, me either. I, you know,
0: I, can, nope. I can't get into draft mode yet. <laughs> couple I, more weeks? It might couple overload weeks. the circuits. Yeah, a couple more weeks and we'll be heavy into it. But uh, but until then, we got three more games. Three more games of this NFL season. I can't believe it's gone by so fast. But here we are, and it should be a hell of an ending. Can't wait. All right, we will talk again next week for some more podcast action, and uh, and then then we'll be have a Super Bowl to talk about. <laughs> Super Bowl Fifty. Yes, we will. And I guess it's back to it's L I. They're back to Roman numerals this year. Mm. So everybody, brush up on your Roman numerals. All right, Stephen, a great show, and uh, we'll do it again next week.
1: I look forward to it.